The title of this message today is Forgotten God. Forgotten God. And we're going to be basing ourselves in Luke chapter 4, but we'll read Luke chapter 3 to begin with. And it says this in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. And then we're going to read a few verses in Luke chapter 4. It says this, it says, One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Luke chapter four, verse one to two says this, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Luke chapter 4, verse 14 says this, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. And then finally, Luke chapter 4, 17 to 19 says this, The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, that's Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know, I shared it a little bit earlier during communion, but I've said this before. You know, I've been blessed greatly by many different ministers, many different pastors and preachers over the year. One of my over the years, one of my favorite things is to listen to sermons from certain pastors, certain ministers from across the world, not just local pastors, but across the world. And I've been blessed by their ministry, some great churches that are out there, some great men and women of God. I love listening to the sermons. I love reading books and hearing about how God has blessed them, what God has done in their lives, how God has used them mightily to make an impact on this world. I'm sure you've got people in your life, people you've been inspired by, people who's had an impact on your life, even people who you might not know personally, but even authors and people, television personalities who might have had an impact on your life. As I said, I've been greatly blessed by different men and women of God, and in particular in my younger years in ministry. Well, there was a phrase that I was taught by some pastors, and they said that leaders are learners. In other words, as pastors and ministers, we should be growing and learning from the example of others. And so as a young minister, I would often read books, listen to sermons. And there was one minister in particular who I enjoyed listen to, listening to in my early years of ministry. He's an American pastor and his name is Francis Chan. I don't know if anybody has heard of Francis Chan before. He's this American minister. He's a fantastic man of God. He's wrote so many great books and there's one book that he re wrote in particular, which really had an impact on me in my early days of ministry. He says, you can see there behind me, this is the title of the book. This is where I've taken the title of this message from this morning. And that is Forgotten God. It's a very interesting book. It's a convicting book. And this book is all about the third person of the Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit. In this book, Francis Chan shares about how the church today has often neglected and forgotten about the Holy Spirit. The church today has forgotten about his role and his purpose within our lives. Many people don't even believe that the Holy Spirit even exists or knows, knows much about him. 
But you know, as I was praying and preparing for this message, as I was waiting on the Lord, and as I was just reading through Luke's gospel again, as we jump back into it, I was convicted by this. You know, as we jump into Luke chapter 4, we've seen the early years of Jesus' life, and now we see Jesus is about to begin his ministry. Here we see the action is about to unfold. But I felt prompted by the Lord just to read through those verses again. And as I began to read through Luke chapter 4 in particular and the end of Luke chapter 3, I was convicted and, and seen and blessed by how active and how present the Holy Spirit was in Jesus' life and in the start of his ministry. As we've already read this morning, the Holy Spirit is mentioned four times in one chapter. So we can see that the Holy Spirit had a vital role, an important role in Jesus' own life, in his earthly life here on earth. We've read there and we see there that Jesus was filled with the Spirit at his baptism. He was led by the Spirit. He was empowered by the Spirit. He was anointed by the Spirit. In other words, that in order to do what he did, Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? He's God himself. He's fully God, Jesus is. But yet he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, as I began to read that, I began to felt the Lord prompt on my heart that if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit that much in his life, how much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit was a priority for our Lord and our Savior, then he should be a priority for you and me. And you know, I'm so glad that we as a church, we're a Pentecostal church. In other words, we're a church who believes in the person of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. We believe that he's active and alive in our hearts and lives today. We believe that. I know it personally in my own life. I'm so glad that he, at the age of 18, that with the encouragement of Pastor Rob, I sought after the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I was filled with the Holy Spirit in my bedroom at eight years old, at 18 years old. I know the power and the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you know, over the next few weeks, my prayer is, is that God would encourage us that if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, that you would open up your heart to. As I've said before, the vision for our church is that we wouldn't be a Pentecostal church by name, whether we'd be a Pentecostal church by nature, that all of us would know the leading of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit within our lives. But you might be here today and you might be wondering, who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? You know, you, you're talking about it. You, you might have even heard him mentioned about the, us mentioning the Holy Spirit within our lives. And so in this message today, if you've heard about the Holy Spirit, if you know that everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit, then great. But I want to encourage you, please don't switch off because I believe God wants to speak to you and remind you of this today. But if you don't know about the Holy Spirit, today I'm just going to share a little bit about Him. Over the next few weeks, we're going to see and learn a little bit more about the Holy Spirit as we come to Luke chapter 4. But today, I want to share with you three basic points about who the Holy Spirit is. I pray they'll give us some basic foundational truths within our lives. So you might be wondering, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing that we need to know about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, this might come as a surprise to you, maybe this morning. Maybe if you've grown up in church and you've got a King James Version of the Bible with these, those, those, and all that, you might read in that version of the Bible that the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Holy Ghost. And you know, that trips 
a few people up. Maybe some people think, maybe you think that the Holy Spirit is like a ghost, like Casper. The ghost is just an aura or, or something like that, a holy aura or something along those lines. You know, maybe some people today are confused about the Holy Spirit because there are many descriptions about the Holy Spirit in the Bible. That the Holy Spirit is like a wind. The Holy Spirit is like a fire. Or as we read there in Luke chapter 3, that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. You know, we might be a little bit confused by all those references to the Holy Spirit. But it's important for us to read the rest of Scripture because we see even our Savior. He has a few different names in the Bible. Jesus is given a few different titles, like the bread of life or the door or the gate. He's given a few of these. Our God, he's got a few other titles, like he's our refuge or he's a consuming fire or that he's the one who protects us. We're under his wings. Now, do all those references mean that Jesus is a loaf of bread or that he's a door? I don't think so. Does it mean that our God is a pile of rocks or that he's just a fire or a bird from heaven? No, that's not who our God is. You know, but the Bible does say that the Holy Spirit, he isn't some force or he isn't just some some power. But actually, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person as we see in the Bible. And, and we see that there are characteristics that, that indicate the Holy Spirit as a person, that show us that the Holy Spirit is a person. In order to be considered a person, then we need to have these three things, a mind, we need to have a will, and an emotion, and have emotion. You have a mind, you have a will to do what you want, and you have emotion. And the Holy Spirit has all three of those. We read in two in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, we see that the Holy Spirit is intelligent. It says this, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own Spirit. And no one can know God's thought, God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. We see here the Apostle Paul says that the Spirit knows the things of God. Uh, things of God. He knows. He has a mind. He is intelligent. He's a person. And only a person with intelligence can know things. A tree doesn't know things. We, see, we know that, for example. But the Holy Spirit does. He knows things. He has a mind. The Holy Spirit is a person. The second thing we read about the Holy Spirit, He has a will. He does what? The Father instructs him to do. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. That's referring to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we'll look at in a couple of weeks' time. But we see the Holy Spirit gives out different gifts to different believers so they can carry out the will and work of God. It's the Holy Spirit who does that. The Holy Spirit has a will. And we see also that the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, He sets apart different people to carry out the work of the Lord. He anoints people to do the work of God. The Holy Spirit calls different people. We see that. And so only people with a will are able to communicate in that way. The Holy Spirit has a will. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit has emotions as well. Just like some of you here this morning, some of you might be upset, some of you might be happy. The Holy Spirit can feel those things. Maybe some of you in this room this morning are grieving. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has emotions. There's this interesting story in Acts chapter 5, verse 3 
to 5, and it says this about this couple who, who lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to God. And it says this then, Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. We see this couple, they lied to the Holy Spirit. We know in the Bible that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Spirit can be quenched. He can be blasphemed. He can be resisted and lied to as we see here. And it's quite interesting what happens. This couple is struck down by God because they lied to God himself. We see here the Holy Spirit has a mind. He has a will and he has emotions. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a feeling. He's not a thing. He's not a ghost. The Holy Spirit is a person. We can have a friendship, a relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. But that leads us to the next point. The Holy Spirit isn't just any old person. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God. The Holy Spirit was active at the very beginning of creation. The Bible tells us this in the first two verses of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. You know, one of the names for God in the Bible, you might have heard of this, is Elohim. You might have heard of that. It's a Hebrew name, but it indicates the Trinity. It indicates the Trinity. And we see that the Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches us the Holy Spirit isn't just part God, but He's fully God. Our God, we sing it many times in our church, our God is three in one. He is the Trinity. He is three in one. Our God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all three of them are co-equal. It isn't like Jesus is higher, the Father's higher, got a higher rank than the other two. They're all equal. The Holy Spirit is fully God, completely God. He is God. And we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Notice it wasn't just one of them, three of them, three in one, to be like us. Our God is a triune God, meaning he is three in one. So we need to know, first of all, the Holy Spirit is a person, he is a person, but the Holy Spirit is also God. And I think there's a, a final thing we need to know about the Holy Spirit, just a basic understanding for us this morning about who the Holy Spirit is, is that is the Holy Spirit is the person of God in the now. He is here and active now. The Holy Spirit is, didn't just exist all those years ago, and that was it. That was his job done. The Holy Spirit is alive today, and he's active today. We see that in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit is outpoured on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and empowered and infilled the believers. You know, it's important for us to know because in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit was outpoured, the Holy Spirit only moved on certain individuals at certain times so they could carry out certain tasks. But in Acts chapter 2, we see the story changes. We see that God pours out His Spirit upon all who believe in Jesus, all who would open up their lives to him, that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in our hearts when we place our faith in Jesus, and he confirms 
we are saved, that he is our God. But not only does he come and dwell in us to confirm that we are saved, there's also an opportunity for us, a second outpouring, a second baptism, so we can know his power within our lives. You know, it's amazing. Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he said it's for their advantage that he goes away so that the Spirit come. Doesn't that sound crazy? That it'd be better, the disciples would be better off that if Jesus ascended into heaven and the Spirit came. Why? Because Jesus wasn't just going to be with them in person. He was going to dwell inside them. He was going to live in them and he's going to live inside you and me. I love what it says in the Amplified Version of John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus says this, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, or the Comforter, the Advocate, the Intercessor, the Counselor, the Strengthener, the Standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. The amazing thing is, is that we have God living inside of us, His presence in our lives at all times. If we've surrendered our lives to Him, and if we open our lives to Him, and we can see here just part of the role of the Holy Spirit, uh, part of the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. You might be wondering what's His purpose in our lives today. It is that He is our comforter. Anyone here this morning need a bit of comfort? Anybody need some help? That's the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. He can bring you comfort there. Anybody needs help or guidance or wisdom in a certain circumstance? The Holy Spirit is the best counselor. He's better than any other counselor. He can speak to you and guide you and lead you. He is the helper. Anyone need a bit of help here this morning? Then the Holy Spirit is your help. He's the advocate. He's the intercessor. He's the strengthener. He's the standby. He's also the one who convicts us of our sin. He's also the one who reveals Jesus to us. He's also the one who encourages us day by day. I want to share this morning that the Holy Spirit is God now. He's active now. You can know his presence now. The Holy Spirit's work didn't finish at the day of Pentecost, but he's alive now. You can know his presence in your life day after day. You can know the person of the Holy Spirit in you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you. He lives in you today. And so as we come to a conclusion of this message this morning, over the next few messages, we're going to keep looking at the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at His role in our lives, how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to look at what He does even today, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. But you know, my prayer this morning is, that even these basic things would just encourage you and help you in some way to learn more about the Holy Spirit, to seek, to understand Him more, and to open up your life to Him even in the weeks to come. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be frightened because He is God. He's not some creepy presence that we have to be terrified of. It is our God who's come to live in us, the person of God, the Holy Spirit who we can know in our lives. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit hasn't come today just to anoint and speak to certain people at certain times so they can do certain things. The Holy Spirit's available to you today. He's available to me today. If we would open up our lives to Him. And that's the greatest news of all. And so if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in our lives, I don't know about you, I need the Holy Spirit. I need His help. I need to know His leading. I want to live for God. I want to make an impact on this earth. And I want to say this morning, we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. 
We need his presence in our lives. You know, if we're going to see God move in this church, we need the Holy Spirit. It is him who's leading. It is him who's guiding. As we lift up Jesus and as we open up our lives to the Holy Spirit, watch what God will do. If you have a hunger and desire to be used by God in some way, then you can't do it in your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit. If you want to know God's help in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. So glad this morning. The Holy Spirit is available, not just to me as a pastor. He's available to you. Each and every one of us, if you believe in Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, he's available to you. And so over the next couple of weeks, I want to encourage you, open up your heart. Open up your heart and say, Lord, I want to know about your spirit. Teach me about your spirit. And may I get to know you, Holy Spirit. May I learn about you. May I walk in your ways. Fill me and lead me, I pray. And I just want to end with this verse. This is an encouragement from our Savior. And I pray it'll be an encouragement for you. A prayer of yours in the weeks to come. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 to 13. Jesus says this, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I can't make you ask God this morning, but I want to encourage you this morning. Just as I have done, the Holy Spirit changed my life. He's the game changer in my life and I need him more and more. He'll be the game changer in your life as well. I want to encourage you this morning and say, Lord, I need you. I need your Holy Spirit. And watch how God will fill you, use you, speak to you, guide you, be there for you. Watch how God will move in and through your life.